Welcome to Guess the Year. I'm the host. My name is Mike. Today, we've got five deadheads from around the country competing for a $50 gift card to REI and a spot in next week's show. Here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year the performance is from. Contestants, who are all on video to prevent any possibility of cheating, can submit their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two deadheads standing will have a best of three series to determine a winner. We've got our returning champion Kyle here with us, and we'll meet the rest of the deadheads shortly. But first, let's get the game going. Without further ado, The Grateful Dead. Sugar Magnolia, it was at the Hill Auditorium in Ann Arbor, Michigan on December 14th, 1971. Uh, the tour was Pigpen's return after some health issues, and he paired his harp and organs with uh, newcomer Keith's piano, a combination they would later perfect in Europe in 72. So we had a few people guess 1971. Uh, let's start with our returning champion, Kyle. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, what'd you hear? I heard Keith. Uh, I didn't really hear any pig pen. I was, I was kind of like, dude, it sounds early. It's got to be like 70, 71, but I'm not hearing uh, pig pen. And I just said, fuck it, 71. Kyle, as we know, he's a returning champion. He's 47. He's from Chicago. Then we have James. You also guessed 1971. Uh, James is 36. He's from Washington, D.C. He's got two kids sleeping. He's, he's letting the F-bombs fly. Um, how did you, uh, how did you uh, figure that one out? Well, not uh, really playing any answers myself and never having been able to. I kind of predicate my, this kind of stuff off of vocals. And Bobby's got a sound in 71. I knew if, it's, if they're playing Sugar Mag, it's got to be kind of 71. Probably, I don't know if they played it in 70, but really start playing it with any frequency in 71. So Bobby's got a little bit of a lack of smoothness that you hear in 72 on that kind of was indicative of 71. And then Jerry's guitar just has that sound that's not quite 
alligator yet. It's a little bit more harsh, kind of like Bobby's voice. So I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense. Steven is uh, 43. He's from Kentucky. He also guessed 1971. Steven, what'd you hear? Yeah, just similar to James, like, uh, you know, it's early. But I really think the difference between 1972 and 1971 is 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 that rough kind of garage band sound. They're still kind of working out some of that roughness. It's raw. Bobby has a lot of rawness, especially in the vocals. Uh, but Keith's in there, and he just joined for the tail end of '71. So, just deduction. There you have it, uh, Stephen. How'd you get into the Dead? Uh, you know, I started skateboarding. When I was 14 and there was a skateboard shop and they would play like Pigpen Blues and I didn't know it was a Grateful Dead. I was just like, oh man, this is some good blues music. And that's really what did it. Wow. I love it. Uh, James, just to make Jason and Andrew sweat it out even more. Um, James, how did you uh, get into the Dead? I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. Yeah, somewhere in, I kind of, you know, the first music I listened to was kind of more like Green Day heavier little bit punk sort of stuff in middle school and then my mom had american beauty on lp uh shout out to my mom uh when you know like 10th grade i kind of started listening to that in earnest when my taste got a little bit softer um and then when i discovered archive.org and like 2003 four when i was a freshman senior of high school freshman university of georgia um it just took off from there and I was really kind of more into actually studio stuff for the first five or six years and kind of got all of that established. And then in the last seven, eight years, really just kind of going to the deep end with the live stuff. So great. Jason and Andrew, uh, you guys both advance, uh, even though you're, because you're both one year off different directions. We'll start with uh, Andrew. Andrew is 24 he's from Corvallis, Oregon, Oregon State. And uh, Andrew, you guessed 1972, one year off. Clearly, you were spot on. How'd you get into the dead? And what'd you hear there? So my dad followed 87 to 90. And I mean, all growing up, he would always play it uh, in the car. And me and my siblings, we hated it. So you do, oh, you guys choose a song? I'll choose a song. His was always like an hour long. We hated it. Oh, so, um, what a dad move. I love that. I know. But every year, New Year's, he would play New Year's Eve. He'd play either Closing of Winterland DVD or Ticket to New Year. So I completely grew up with it. And it wasn't until I was like, I don't know, 17, 18, that I finally listened to American Beauty. And I just kind of stayed on that for a couple of years. And I don't know. I just just something clicked eventually. And I just completely went off the deep end past two or three years. I think right when COVID hit actually is when I really started getting into the live stuff. And how do you listen to it? How do you like find the live stuff? Archive. archive. No, no, not archive, re-listen. I use re-listen. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's what I mostly go to. Spotify if I need to, but almost entirely on re-listen, yeah. Welcome. Jason, you guessed 1970, also one year off. Um, How'd you get into the dead? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think I might be the old man of the group here at 42. Um, yes, I'm sorry. Jason is a 42. He's from St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, for, I'm like one for four over here. 
Um, good. <laughs> go on. Sorry. No, no, totally. Um, I started listening in high school, you know, it was one of those things that we sought out. It was like classic rock, you know, Jimi Hendrix, like all that good stuff. I think my first listen was probably like a or, uh, whatever the greatest hits one was, uh, you know, I think those were my first introductions. And then from there, it was just like, whatever I could get my hands on. It was like 95. Like, honestly, I started listening like the week Jerry died was, was just kind of like a weird coincidence. Um, but just buying CDs as much as I, you could find at the, you know, the no name record stores, they'd have like weird bootlegs that weren't actual, you know, CD releases and shit like that. And um, I think at one point, you know, I had all the Dix picks, the actual releases. And then, yeah, I mean, much like you guys, like the precursors to the archive, like the E-Tree and, and all, you know, Napster, when it first came out, I was finding weird stuff on there. But um, yeah, I mean, archive.org and I was burning all, I have like a stack downstairs of, of rows of stacks of CDs of stuff that we would burn. I would go to like the torrent sites, these lossless legs and Jerry sites and stuff where the Jerry project and these things where they would upload whole years of like Jerry Garcia band shows. And you would, you know, if you'd follow along over the months, you'd be like, all right, I downloaded every show from that year and you'd get them all. And it was just more about having them, I think, but listening to Jerry Garcia band and just all of that good stuff. But I would say I knew that it was 71 or 70. I was thinking that it wasn't quite 71 because listening to like those like Fillmore East, like the Jerry's guitar has like that sound where it's just like a little bit more electric and a little bit more that wah wah kind of shit going on. And it didn't quite sound like that. It, I knew it sounded early. And so I, uh, I threw out 70. I wasn't quite sure if uh, Sugar Meg was out in 70 or not, but that was my guess. Jason, thanks. Um, everyone's moving on to the next round. Let's hear the next song.
All right, so we had Wang Dang Doodle. It was at Soldier Field on June 22nd, 1991. Uh, the, the song was first performed in 1983, then sporadically throughout the 80s. But from 1991 onwards, it was performed an average of 15 times per year. Steven, we had three people get it exactly. Steven, Kyle, and Andrew. Uh, Steven, let's start with you. How did you figure out it was 1991? You know, I think 1991 is the swan song for Wang Dang Doodle. Uh, Jerry does this MIDI guitar. Bob just kind of leans in. You got Bruce Hornsby, and you can hear Vince's uh, vocals. I mean, it's a chance it's spring of 92, but really, it's probably 91. And, and you thought it fell off after that? I, I you know, uh, Hornsby left in March of 92, and I don't think they played it as often after that. I think 91 they, they was probably their peak year for that song. Got I it. could be wrong. Andrew, you got it, 1991. Did you hear something similar, Stephen? I do not listen to anything post-Brench. Like, I barely went into that. But I heard two keyboards, two piano players going on. So, and, I, and I know one of them didn't last too long. So I just figured 91, pretty solid guess. Bobby sounded pretty good. That MIDI, didn't think it was too late into that, but yeah. All right, well, I have to ask, I mean, I know. Is it that you love Brent so much? You just you don't like the post or like the deterioration of the band or what? Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, deterioration. I'm not a fan of Bruce or Vince too much. Brent's so good. Keith's so good. Pigpen's so good. Just not into that. Um, I'm gonna let James uh, respond here uh, because he's emphatic. <laughs> I don't know, man. Brent's. Uh... Brent's awesome, but there's something about Vince. I'm not saying Vince is better, but there's some there's some Vince memes, if that's worth the shit, that <laughs> fucking rock. See, I think us, I don't know. I'm kind of on Team Andrew or Brent, but mm-hmm. I, I understand there's clearly a divide. Uh, and we had someone on the first show who was not into Brent at all. Uh, J- just to be clear, I'm not saying Vince is better than Brent. That's not even close. I'm just yeah. saying Vince, Vince, in my opinion, gets a little bit, deserves a little bit more credit than maybe than he got. I don't know. Again, mostly because of the memes. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you also guessed 1991. You're on in the next round. Why don't you play, uh, you know, judge here on all your conversations? Uh, well, I had a slight advantage in that I was actually at this show, so I have no <laughs> excuse to fuck up. Uh, wow. I am a, I am a Brent enthusiast though, because my first four shows were with Brent. And uh, I mean, it was literally night and day. Like the first time I saw them without Brian, it was at Deer Creek and my friends and I looked at each other and we're like, yeah, this, yeah. Not bad, not like, you know, a bad way to spend the day at Deer Creek in a dead show. But Brent was like a secret weapon, you know, like he had something uh, fucking magical, really. I mean, it was just, you had to see it to really get it. You know, a lot of the people I know that defend Vince are just ones that caught him in that era, you know, they have like a sentimental attachment and they put on great shows in that era too. You know, you put that much musical talent on one stage, any moment of any show can be, you know, a masterpiece. So they had them just less frequently. Jason, you guessed 1994. Sorry, I fucked this up. James, you guessed 1990. You're safe. Jason, you guessed 1994. I'm sorry, you're eliminated. You were not that far off. You just ran into like a bunch of <laughs> this game. Everyone just keeps getting better and better. Uh, Jason, what'd you hear that made you think 94? 
Well, what I didn't hear was two piano players, which would have definitely keep me in on the 91 factor. Um, you know, it sounded like Vince. I heard Vince right away. It sounded good, which I kind of thought it was like that 94, like stretch where they kind of sounded better after 93, if you will. So, um, that was kind of my thought. Um, the 91 stuff that I normally listen to, I guess, uh, I don't know. I probably pass up Wang Dang Doodle when I shouldn't, but, uh, I, I, you know, I'm just not as familiar with that one song in 91, I think. Well, we really appreciate you playing, Jason. Um, no problem. I don't think you're the only one that passes up Wang Dang Doodle. I, I will yeah. say, as I've gotten older, I like it a lot more. I mean, Bobby's playing is, is amazing. As I've gotten more of a Bobby fan, I mean, it's a great song. So it's coming around. Thank you for playing, Jason. Um, yep. So James, Kyle, Stephen, and Andrew are on to the next round. We're still trying to get it down to two people, and then we'll go on to the best of three series. Let's play the next song. So it was a deal. It was at Marin County Veterans Auditorium on March 31st, 1984. It was the third night of the Dead's four-show run at their hometown, San Rafael. And deal ended the first set, and the second set started with a 30-minute uh, scarlet fire. The closest um, out of everyone was Stephen. Stephen, you guessed 1985. How did you uh, arrive at 1985? When the song is playing, everything froze. So I heard about four seconds. Uh, in that four seconds, I recognized the sound of a soundboard of the 19, I guess 1985, because that's the sound I, I remember from my tapes. But I really, I had like four seconds to hear. Wow. What a flex. I love it, Stephen. Uh, and so you're at 85. It's like, all right, I know it's the 80s. I'll go dead center and hope people mess up. Yeah. All right. You're safe. You're on in the next round. Andrew, uh, you guessed 1981. You're safe as well. Uh, what did you hear there? Uh, Jerry didn't sound 
too bad to me. So I, I didn't think it was too late in the decade. Definitely 80s, though. I heard some organ, Brent's backups. So I kind of went a little, little further earlier. Uh, but I don't know. It was a fast deal. Uh, nothing too much, though. So I didn't think it was too late. So, yeah, just kind of early, 81. It was a little too fast for my taste, to be honest. It just felt a little chaotic. Mm. Um, Kyle, you're safe. You got 1980. James, you guessed 1978. You are eliminated. I'm sorry. Uh, what made you think that sounded like 78? So I have a tendency to also, before I say anything, Steve, that was a great flex. I mean, to get that in four seconds is <laughs> fucking sick. Um, I have a tendency that like the speed was the, the main thing I've heard to kind of mistake and this is a cardinal sin but mistake brent's voice at times for donna it when it when it's <laughs> not the greatest clearest of it um and then i heard that organ at the end and that really should have clued me in but you know it was a weird know. it was a weird year 84 like it was a fast deal it was a lesser known show yeah, it was yeah, at some point I read or heard something about 84 in particular. It was some quote like Jerry was playing billions of notes every night or something like that. And that, for whatever reason, kind of resonated with me. So That's called a Coke go. show over a heroin show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was like 1984, it. like Miami Vice. Like Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, think, I think 83 to 85 is so underrated. There's warts in the band, Jerry's voice. They play really fast, but there's some amazing music that people just need to listen to. The 83 show that Trey said was he saw Probably up frozen, in Vermont. That was. one is incredible. Oh, that's the one that radicalized him. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for playing. You're, you rock. Dude, thanks for having me. I hope this thing, I'm going to listen every week. Hope this thing takes off and gets legs. That would be fucking sweet. James, thanks so much, man. All right, boys. Good luck. So Kyle, Andrew, and Steven are fighting for the two spots in the best of three series. Moses, come ride up on the quasar. Birds with Jalen, we do as a job. Greatest story ever told is at the Shoreline Amphitheater on August 25th, 1993. The Shoreline was finished in 1986 and Bill Graham designed it to look like the Steeler Face logo. 
uh, when you look down from above. Unfortunately, when you're at the venue, you're kind of not looking down from above, but it's a nice thing to think about. Steven, you were closest. You got 1994. Talk us through it. There's no Bruce. You hear um, your Jerry's guitar tone is different because he's playing his last like one or two guitars before the end of the band. And it, it just has a different sound to it. Kyle, you guessed 1978. Yeah, and you well, are. <laughs> what, what tripped you up there? It just had a different like sonic quality. It sounded like earlier recordings, like late 70s. At first I was thinking 78. And then I heard piano and I didn't hear any, like the bass sounded older to me, like the whole thing. Like it didn't have that like crystal clear 90 sound. But at the end, all of a sudden I had like evidence that it wasn't going to be 1978, but my head was in 1978. I, I just didn't know. It, it threw me. I got you. Well, Andrew, you're not alone. And you guessed 1977. So Kyle is safe by one year. I know. <laughs> so um, mad. Um, I know there was, so I know there's some, you know, you wish you could have sent it later, but when yeah. you, what you did hear, but when you guessed, what did you hear? I mean, yeah, I heard really great quality. I heard, I thought Jerry's sound, I thought that was like a 77 estimated profit kind of deal. So that's kind of what I was leaning into. Uh, some pretty basic keys, I thought. So I thought it was like 77, 78 or something. And then, yeah. And then he started singing. I'm like, oh, crap. I got that wrong way <laughs> off. Well, Andrew, you're the best, man. You're, uh, your knowledge for um, a young guy. You're 24, you said? Or, yep, 24. 24. Killing it. We got to have uh, under 30 off with you and Caleb. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you're great, man. Uh, uh, please come on again soon. We really appreciate you. Yeah, this is so much fun. I love what you're doing. Totally. Thanks, Definitely man. keep going, man. Thanks. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. I really awesome. appreciate you uh, participating. Let me know for sure. All right. Cool. Good luck, everyone. Kyle and Steven, thus begins a best of three series to determine the winner of the $50 REI gift card. Kyle looking to defend his throne. Steven looking to reach the mountaintop. Let's do it.
Cleveland Public Hall, November 29th, 1979. Oh. <laughs> um, it's a Hunter Garcia track, debuted in an acoustic set in April 1970, several months before it was released as part of American Beauty. Kyle, you guessed 1980. You were closer. How'd you diagnose that? Uh, it reminded me very much of like the, the dead set version of Candyman. So uh, that particular keyboard, Brent's plan is the same one. His voice is very light. Jerry sounds good. He's not, uh, you know, totally uh, cashed out vocally. So I skewed it a little earlier, early Brent. Steven, you guessed 1981. Only one year off. Yeah. There's nothing really to correct there, but what'd you hear? I was just thinking of the Candyman from like the February run in 1981 uh, in Chicago. I, it's a very similar time. Well, Kyle goes up 1-0 in the series. He wins the next one. He clinches the $50 REI gift card. Awesome. And Stephen, um, yeah, you need to uh, you need to win this one to stay alive. I feel tears welling up and down deep inside like my heart's got a big break. Stab a lonely and sharp and painful I may never shake And you might think that I'm taking it hard Since you broke me off with a cow You might wait a little higher than sorrow They ride down and bow Now the race is on and here comes right at the fast lane guesses are in the race is on at keysar stadium in san francisco on may 26 1973 um, the 49ers played their home games at keysar from 1946 to 1970 
it is now a public park instead of you know being demolished uh, like every other NFL stadium these days. Uh, now people can hang out there. Kind of nice. Steven, you guessed 1973. You got it exactly. Talk us through it. You know, it's a toss-up. It could be 1974, but I did have uh, that show on tape. Like, that was, like, my first batch of 10 tapes I got in the early 90s. And uh, I don't know. I just guessed it right. So you recognize, like, oh, shit, this race is on. It's from that tape. I didn't, I didn't know specifically it was from 526, but I knew it was in that in that basic probably time period 1974 tapes they sound a little bit clearer most of the time and over the years did the tapes become get better and better i mean obviously from like the 60s they did but was there like a plateau they hit it's weird because some years in the later era they sounded worse there's some Mm -hmm. 80 there's some 80s periods where they sounded worse than the early 70s and it all depended on the generation of tape you got how many people dubbed it for you? Oh, how many times you ripped it off? So like a facsimile? Yeah. facsimile. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, archive.org revolutionized tapes because suddenly they were clean and digital. Awesome. Kyle, you guessed 1977. Uh, I did, yeah. Talk to us. I whiffed on that one. I, I knew it was somewhere in the 70s. You know, Donna was pretty low key, so I couldn't uh, get too much info from her. I didn't hear a second keyboard and it didn't have a wall of sound sound to it. The wall of sound had some technological quirks to it. Those double microphones they have, Owsley invented noise canceling headphone technology with that. And it was designed because the wall of sound was behind them, which meant the microphones were picking up the PA. So he wired a second one in to cancel out the first one. So if you're singing into the top one, it cancels out the bottom one and you lose the background noise. He was a genius. I mean, he was the LSD chemist. He built uh, noise canceling technology, all sorts of like quirky stuff unique to them. The wall of sound was like his baby. I skewed it later because I, I overthought it. I thought that dopey uh, secretariat year of uh, the, the triple crown, they would sometimes do the races on around like the, the uh, uh, Kentucky Derby and stuff like that. Uh, they did the, the, sh- the Greek greek in 89 i think in the spring or the frost amphitheater they did a races on right around the uh the uh kentucky derby and that's what threw me i thought they were spoofing the, the horse um your deep knowledge works against you there um, <laughs> <laughs> um all right it's one one guys whoever gets the next one wins
Blues at the Auditorium Theater in Kyle's hometown, Chicago, on June 29th, 1976. Uh, U.S. Blues is an evolution of the dead song Wave the Flag, uh, Wave That Flag, sorry, which was played 15 times in 1973. The lyrics of the two songs are different, but they sound very similar, and the lyrics are pretty similar, too. You guys both guessed 1974. You're both safe. I guess we'll start with Kyle, because it's your hometown. Uh, What's up? You know, my first thought was 76, and then it was just the chronic butchery of the words. I was like, this might be an early one where they were still figuring out what the hell the song was. It used to be Wave That Flag. Then, you know, like they taught themselves the songs on stage. I have that 76 show. You know, I totally know the one you're talking about. It was a famous radio broadcast. Uh, and I thought that initially, but it was the butchery. Like, you really, you threw me on that one. That was good work. That was good hosting. Thank you. Steven, uh, you guessed 74 as well. Yeah, I... I totally thought this was 19, like the wave the flag version because of the same thing. They they messed up the lyrics and they were kind of slow. I did not even think it was 1976. Well, we're going to another game. We're still in sudden death. And let's play. Cumberland Blues at the Fillmore West on June 7th, 1970. Uh, Robert Hunter wrote the lyrics to Cumberland Blues and said the greatest, this is straight from dead.net, by the way, just verbatim, but he said the greatest compliment he ever received was from an old guy who worked at the Cumberland Mine. He said, the old guy said, I wonder what the guy who wrote this song would have thought if he ever known something like the Grateful Dead was going to do it. And Robert Hunter said, best compliment he's ever received. You guys both guessed 1970. Both diagnosed. It'll start with Steven this time. What'd you hear? 
you know, there was a stretch in 1970 where they were playing this song and they were doing like acoustic and then Jerry would kind of ease in with a little electric. That's what I heard. Kyle? Yeah, same. It was an early version. I heard some acoustic, not entirely. It sounded like Jerry was playing an electric, which uh, <clears throat> shook it up. That was like, fuck, am I hearing acoustic? Yeah, that's an acoustic. But, but you know, I, I knew it was 70. So why could that not have been 69, say? I think they did play it in November of 69, but it was like straight electric. They didn't do the acoustic until like spring of 70. Got it. Those like Bears Choice era shows. Yeah. This is another amazing finals match. Another cat here. fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, all right. Light the sun, her song is the latch when the morning's gone. See the sun, sparkling the reeds, silver beam, bouncing the sea. She comes from the town where they call her the curtain dog. She's brown to the bank where she kneels down to. Let It Grow, the Charlotte Coliseum on June 18th, 1992. Let It Grow ended the first set of that show. It was preceded by Tom Thumb's Blues, a Bob Dylan cover, which was performed 50 times between 1985 and 1995. Kyle, you guessed 1990 and you were closer. You are the back-to-back champion. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> Walk us through it. So I, uh, my knee jerk was 91. Whenever I hear, you know, Vince and Bruce, I think 91. But uh, I thought you were going to probably try to throw us by not doing another 91, doing like a, a 90. And I thought there was that stretch in the fall when, when they first launched. September, I think, was when they launched after Brent died. And I heard a couple of those shows and I, I know there was a let it grow in there somewhere. And I thought, you know, he might be throwing that 90 fall in here to throw us off the 91 thing. So I went 90. Is there, knowing it's 92 now, do you, do you look back and be like, oh, fuck, I missed something? Or is it pretty much the same? There was one uh, Vince riff, which was uncharacteristically inspired that I thought <laughs> maybe he had sort of like, you know, grown into the role by 92 more than 90. Uh, I don't dislike Vince. He just wasn't the natural fit of like Keith and Brent. Those dudes were like born to be in the fucking dead. Uh, and <clears throat> Vince was a different, a different animal. I mean, he came from the tubes, you know, like white punks on dope and all that, like, 
you know, seventies stuff, totally different thing. You know, it's, it's a different, uh, different vibe, but I overthought it, but, uh, fortunately he overthought it slightly more. Steven, uh, 1995. Uh, yeah. I overthought it. I, I really thought it was like 93 or 95. And here's why I thought it. First of all, Bruce isn't in the band. Garcia's guitar playing is not, not as good as it could be. And I, and, and that's why I finally leaned toward 95. It just sounded like spring of 95. He's kind of just, he's making, he's not playing as many notes as he normally does. Unfortunately, I was wrong. Good job. <laughs> I appreciate that. And another great finals matchup. Congratulations to you both for your amazing knowledge. And thank you for coming on the show. I Thanks for having me. You put a really great show together, man. It's a lot of fun to play. I hope it's as fun to listen to for the uh, folks at home. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Subscribe to Guest the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For show updates, follow us at, at Guest the Year on Instagram. And if you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments, ask questions, email us at guesttheyearshow at gmail.com. For the fun facts about the show, I relied heavily on dead.net and Grateful Dead of the Day and their commenters, so thank you. Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made this show possible. Congratulations to our back-to-back winner, Kyle. Good job, we'll Kyle. We'll see him next week. Uh, <laughs> and to our other contestants, thank you for playing. And remember, it's all one song anyways. Good Good night, good night, good night.